helping families be happy. Welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family love and relationships. I am your host, Dr. Carla Marie Manley, a practicing clinical psychologist, wellness advocate, and author based in Sonoma County, California. I've teamed up with Familius Publishing to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now I am thrilled to introduce today's guest, Brianna Bramanti, who will be talking with us about her YouTube channel, Brie Reads. Welcome, Brie. Thank you so much, Dr. Manley. It is wonderful to speak with you. So tell us a little bit or a lot about Brie Reads. Well, here we go. You know, I started Rereads. It is a YouTube channel for kids made by me. Uh, I have a, a background in education and performing arts. So I, I made the channel sort of for two purposes. It was born from two needs. One need I saw as a teacher in my own classroom in teaching overseas, there was a general lack of what I felt was really uh, high quality, engaging content for kids from real live human hosts, kind of, uh, rather than over, over animated uh, content. So as a teacher, I saw a need for this voice on the, on the digital landscape for kids of just a, a genuine, endearing voice of an educator uh, for kids online. And in another sense, I had a personal need to create something that was, it was all my own, that I had creative control over. As a performer, I love bringing stories to life. I love being part of big productions on big teams. And in a sense, that experience helped me gain a voice as, my, uh, as a storyteller myself. And I felt this compulsion to kind of challenge myself to make something that I could design. I could be the director, the actor, I could be uh, an editor and kind of create a world of my own. Beautiful. So in the work that you do, what is the age range you tend to reach? Yeah, that's a great question. As a teacher, I, I have my elementary education degree and I have a specialization in English as a second language. And that brought me overseas to teach preschool and kindergarten in both Vietnam and in Tokyo, Japan. Now, in Asia, the places that I went, when we talk about preschool, we're actually talking about before five years old. So often I was working with toddlers, two to five years old. So my natural rhythm, my natural, uh, I guess my natural audience lies somewhere in there between a toddler and a preschooler kindergartner. However, I've loved to see uh, a little bit of an older audience, perhaps two to eight years old, um, enjoy some of the other videos that I produce like drawing videos or songs, other ways that I can bring in uh, a bit of a wider audience to what I do. Ah, so just maybe a, a, just taking a little step to the side for a moment. So if I'm hearing you right, when you were in Vietnam and Japan, their schools, um, you were teaching at what we would 
expect to be an older age in the US, you are actually teaching at a younger age. They maybe put their children into, into school earlier. Is that what I'm hearing? That is correct. So they have, I'm sorry, let me turn off. Yeah, in Asia, it is, it is not necessarily considered a nursery school because education is happening. There is curriculum happening, but it would be what you would consider a nursery age. I've, we even had 18-month-olds at the school that I was at in Vietnam. So it is uh, sort of marketed as an international kindergarten or international preschool, but we had students as young as 18 months. And it was a bilingual program. Both of the schools I've worked at were bilingual, half English and half of their native language. Lovely, lovely. And so you're bringing all of this background education, background experience into your YouTube channel. That's right. Yeah, I think, um, I guess to summarize it, uh, maybe more succinctly, Brie Reads is, is a, a accumulation of it's, it's all literacy content. So Brie Reads seeks to take literacy for children and make it kind of digestible for, for to the 2020 age, digestible for the 21st century. We know that kids are using screens and kids are on YouTube and kids are watching content online. And so I seek to bring in this perhaps uh, older model, this picture book of physical text and creating uh, this multimedia experience for kids by dressing in costumes and doing funny voices for the read alouds or creating this kind of interactive activity that goes with the book or perhaps making a drawing that goes with the story or making a song. So I have a sing a story series that is inspired by the book. So I'm, I'm taking the picture book, I'm taking that kernel of storytelling and I'm expanding it for what I believe is kind of the future of edutainment, the future of the way that kids are going to learn and engage with content online. And I'm always anchoring it to text. Uh, almost all, uh, I'm very inspired by Reading Rainbow. That is probably my number one inspiration, the way that they took picture books and created this entire episode of going on field trips and talking to experts about dinosaurs, say, and then going out in the field with an archaeologist who's on a dig and talking with them about the process of being an archaeologist and then maybe making a dinosaur sculpture or something, really creating this full 360 experience with the stories. And I absolutely love that because it's taking it, I'm also seeing shades of Mr. Rogers as you speak, and how lovely to take something from the realm of being passive, just receiving the information, sitting in front of the, you know, the computer screen or the television, just soaking something in, and you are really making it dynamic, interactive, and, you know, come along with me and be part of the experience, not just receiving the experience. Yeah, and I think my, uh, my ideal with bringing in doing drawings and doing art and doing uh, sometimes cooking and doing songs is to kind of bring in some kids who may not have otherwise even clicked on a read aloud video, but maybe they would be interested in singing uh, a, a song or maybe they would be interested in drawing a picture and by making those connections to the text, we're bringing them into the world of literature, of books, and kind of sparking an interest that might not have been there. And 
more than that, for English learners, I think it gives them the opportunity to see the text and the story and the characters and the themes in more than one context. They're seeing it in the book, but now they're seeing it in a practical skill or they're seeing it in a, in a creative outlet. So I have a lot of, a lot of my mind is on my English learning audience as well. And it really sounds as if you're making it um, one-stop shopping, so to speak, where a parent can really, in a sense, trust you with their child, that they can put their child in you know, a situation with you, in moments with you, and know that they are getting something that's very holistic, very multi-level, and something that maybe then the parents are learning as well. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. And with the integration of something like Instagram, of course, obviously, my audience isn't on Instagram. My audience is children. But it's been amazing to speak with parents, hear from them, and educators as well in how they're using the videos maybe in their classroom or how maybe they only allow one or two, you know, quote unquote, shows at bedtime and that when they have a restrictive uh, screen time schedule and that they're choosing my channel. I've heard from parents who have told me that their child is nonverbal uh, and, and will actually recite my entire kind of in introduction of my videos and those types of messages or my child was not interested in picking up a book until she saw XYZ video or heard the song and now she won't stop reading. Those messages from parents are really uh, how it solidifies the rewarding aspect of this because I am sometimes it feels like okay I'm making this thing I'm by myself I'm putting it out there on the internet and I hope people watch and like it but I don't necessarily get feedback um, I don't know how much you know about YouTube but in 2020 in January there was a court decision that um, you, uh, YouTube channels for children any videos made for kids are now much more restrictive. We can right. see comments, right? So I kind of lost that interaction piece. So uh, gladly I am still hearing from parents either by email or Instagram to, to make those connections and hear from how it's impacting their family. And absolutely makes sense because your mission sounds like you really want to, as you call it, to be an educator as well as an entertainer. And I love that word. I'd never heard edutainer before. And I love it because we're often used to thinking of education as being dry, as being something very one way where the, the teacher is passing on the information and the student is the receiver. And you're bringing it to life so that children want to learn from you, want to read with you, want to interact with you. And isn't that the best of education? Oh, yes. And I think that's why I gravitated towards younger kids. Even as a teacher, I felt more comfortable being uh, a friend. And I think when you teach early childhood education, there is more of a pass for being a little uh, I, I, well, this is hard because I don't have a ton of experience with older kids, but I just felt more comfortable being at their level, kind of being silly, being a child along with them. And there's something about being the entertainer and the teacher that is exactly what you're saying. It becomes less passive. It becomes less, uh, it's more equal. I'm your friend. And I begin all my videos saying, so hi friends, it's me, Bree. And I want them to feel like 
yeah, I could easily be your babysitter. I could be your teacher. I could be your big sister. I can be your friend. And there's something very gratifying about that. I think in the formal education system, there just are more limits. There are more restrictions in that relationship. Um, but I love, I love that line that I'm able to kind of stand between. Absolutely. And I think in not just in 2020 with the pandemic, but before the pandemic and going forward, many children, um, you know, I've really noticed feel alone, they feel isolated, they feel as though maybe mom and dad are very busy and older brothers and sisters are very busy. So to be able to have a friend, albeit one through YouTube, who is safe and approachable and consistent, where you are consistently available, a constant in a very changeable world, I think is another real benefit. Yeah, I, I do hope that that there's this sort of difficult line we want to draw, and it goes right back to that screen time conversation. Um, but really, I think a lot more people are aware of, of this virtual influence in a child's life because we're now we're doing virtual school. And even with, um, even with the evolution of education, I see it becoming more digital. I think that's inevitable. So finding the balance of still being very authentic and very um, endearing. I, I hope to still have that, um, a very real, a realness to it that I, I think that goes back to my, my feeling of, I want the, I want my animations to be hand drawn and I want to be a real person on the screen talking with them and accessible uh, because yeah, I think this is the direction that education and entertainment are headed for kids, if not already. And we don't want to lose that humanity and we don't want to lose that um, those kids, those kids who don't have access to a trusted friend or a trusted uh, even education system with all the stuff going on right now to have that source of uh, care. Yeah, care and content and all that. Absolutely. And again, you know, going back to the piece, because there'll be, you know, many parents listening to this podcast, so, so that they know, they can trust, you know, that is a big piece of what is your child engaging with? What is your child learning? And to know that there is an enthusiastic, genuine educator who happens to be able to convey things with a magical sense of energy and passion. I mean, that, that makes a big difference for the busy parents out there who are looking for, for YouTube channels and, and, you know, material on the internet where they know their child will be in safe hands. And you know what? I was wondering too, in your work, are you working with families and children's? I'm sorry, uh, families and yeah. Yes, yes, I do work. I have a lot of, it's interesting, um, my background, I have a teaching credential, I have a pupil personnel services credential, and then um, in, am working as a clinical psychologist. So I definitely have loads of experience with children, with school, with education, and um, various aspects of the um, juvenile justice system actually. So I think that we all bring, whether you know, working in the realm that you are, especially in bilingual education and in the education and entertainment industry, how much those who are committed to helping children, helping families, how much impact there is. Yeah, definitely. And I'm wondering, I mean, as as this has, has 
gone on for, I guess we're in the 10th, uh, ninth month. I can't even keep track. You know, I, I'm wondering from your side, what are you hearing from kids and families about what they're missing and what they need right now? What I hear is really that the children are suffering in many ways because of limited stimulation, limited interaction, um, lack of variety in their lives, which you know, gives some of the same things adults are, are really suffering from. Yet children, you know, we know their brains are going so quickly and they just thirst for their friends and thirst for their interactions and thirst to see their teachers and and have that variety in life and so I also think the other thing I hear from parents is how shocking it is for the parents when they will see or hear a child say or do something that reminds them of how um, discombobulating the pandemic again it's 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 disconcerting for adults but how a child when one parent told me that that her child looked at her and said mommy did you have to wear masks when you were little? And, you know, were there pandemics when you were little? And so little things that we think the children understand, but that they might not really have, you know, really understand on a body, mind, spirit level that this is definitely a time that is challenging for children and for the adults and for the world as a whole. So I think that that's the piece that is that is really coming to me more and more is how parents are realizing that their children are not children are not many adults who are going through the same experience they are, but going through an experience that they don't have have the background and they don't simply have you know the, the brain power to to to, to process it in the way adults are. And so we need to continue to be patient and understanding of the children in our world. And I think I mean I, I've been somewhat outside of the traditional USA school system. Right now I have the privilege of working for a family as a private teacher for their child and I'm seeing now what 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 goes into this virtual school rollout and how that has been going, and I can just see the struggle from all sides of it. I my heart breaks for the teachers, um, especially my fellow kind of early childhood educators who are missing that uh, the social aspect, the the circle time, the in person experience uh, of being with a group of your peers, and it's. It is so difficult. I hope that um, with with what I can do online, it helps bridge a little bit of that gap. You know, I think about my English language learners, and I also think about my kids who maybe don't even have uh, consistent internet access, or maybe don't have their own devices, and maybe are not able to attend virtual school in the way that uh, that we would like them to. I don't know. Kids that don't gain access, and I'm hoping that by putting something out there uh, for them, for everyone, can help bridge a little bit of that gap, and even a little bit of that entertainment gap, because I think, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> I agree with you, Bree. I really believe in that that is another big piece of the puzzle is what you bring. And that's why I'm, I guess I keep, you know, going back to the idea of you being an educator and an entertainer. Many, I know quite a few teachers um, professionally and personally, and they will say, and parents will tell me, I cannot get my child to, you know, 
stay tuned in to the teacher's lessons and the teachers are feeling hopeless because the children are clearly not nearly as invested as they would like them to be and so I think and not all teachers are born entertainers nor is is that their background and we can't expect that of them so having resources like yours that are both entertaining in what can be a very dry it's difficult enough for us adults to stay you know I recently had to do a plethora of CEUs and how difficult that is for an adult brain to stay tuned in for an hour and a half two hours at a time on you know, doing something like that. And so for a child who's just naturally more energetic, more curious about this distraction, that distraction. So for parents to know that they're are educational resources out there that are also inviting and engaging. So kudos to you for offering that. You know, that, that is the goal. And I hope, I hope as we all move forward in this, uh, I think there might be this whole revamp of what schooling even looks like. I think we see it in our adults. We see that, hey, maybe working from home is a sustainable model for our adults. And I think there is probably some portion of the population of kids that this is working for. But in a general sense, I think just digital online content is, uh, it's here to stay, of course. And so our challenge as educators, as parents, as teachers, is to, yes, develop, develop content that is going to feel just as genuine and real and just as much of a benefit as, as an in-person teacher or schooling would be. And so I, I hope that uh, because of the nature of what I do as well, I do read aloud books and some of the time, well, all of the time, I need permission to do those books. And so this is going to be an interesting uh, landscape to keep an eye on is are publishers and online creators going to be able to kind of team up in a way to get these gorgeous resources, these beautiful books out um, in such a way on a digital platform that everyone can be happy and everyone can prosper and kids can have access to, to the material. So that, that's part of the struggle as an online creator as well. Um, but luckily, I found enough of these uh, sort of smaller publishers that are willing to work with me and share their books with me. Uh, Familius is one of them, and I know that they are involved in this podcast, so I just have to say a big shout out and thank you to publishers like Familius who are seeing, uh, seeing what you and I are seeing, that there is value in, uh, in educators like myself, entertainers like myself, in sharing these books and stories with kids in this type of way on this platform. Absolutely. And, you know, going back to you remember remembering Reading Rainbow or, you know, shows like Mr. Rogers, those are the teachers that we might not remember are our actual first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade teacher, but you know they—they they, we may remember them at the time, but not ten years later. But everyone tends to remember the ones that they that are really gems, and they hold in their heart, and they do become not only teachers and mentors, but friends. And I can see from your channel that Bree Reads is definitely in in that realm. So thank you for all you do. What um are a few key highlights or ideas you'd like listeners to take away from our podcast? Just a few more nuggets of truth. I would love families to feel like um, this is not forever. And there are people like me, there are people uh, out there that are invested 
in your kids' futures, invested in contributing to a really positive landscape for kids' content on the internet, and that um, in the meantime and in the future, these resources will be there for you. Um, I hope to, to be a friend um, to your listeners, to any kid that is watching, and I hope that um, the stories, the stories that I share on my channel, the stories that you enjoy in your homes, um, those, those, I hope when we look back on this time, we can remember uh, the time we spent together reading, uh, the struggle that we all shared, but the tools that we are using and the creativity that we are <laughs> showing in how we can cope with this uh, sort of mass struggle. And uh, I hope that reading keeps us together. I know that it will. And I hope to see you online on YouTube and on Instagram. I am Brie Reads on YouTube and I can be found on Instagram at Brie Reads Official. And Dr. Manley, I just want to thank you for your time. Oh, thank you, Brie, for your time. And before we go, I just have to share with listeners, um, Brie, one of her favorite quotes, it's adapted from the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory film. And it says, we are the music makers and we are the dreamers of dreams. And I think that's just so beautiful and a lovely way to almost end the interview because there's another nugget of beauty that she offers. And she, in, in her pre-work with me for the interview, she wrote, parents, you, capital Y-O-U, can be your child's favorite storyteller and what a gift and what a message for us all to remember for the children in our lives that we whether you're a parent a grandparent an aunt an uncle a neighbor that you indeed in addition to have somebody like Bree at your side you can also be your child's friend and storyteller so what a beautiful gift thank you for all of that Bree I'm so grateful Thank you. I so appreciate your time. I appreciate your time. And to all of you, as we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their amazing support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We would be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. And when you're ready for that next amazing book adventure, we'd be honored if you'd choose a book from Familius Publishing. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine as only you can do. We talk together, learn together, play, work, eat together. We laugh together, heal together, and we love forever when we read together.